Good morning, wherever you are, and welcome to St. Michael's in the Morning, a podcast series encompassing everything from sermons and services to special audio presentations, brought to you by St. Michael's Episcopal Church in Austin, Texas. For more information or to make a donation to St. Michael's, please visit www.st-michaels.org. In the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. The American-born British poet T.S. Eliot once wrote, So the darkness shall be the light, and the stillness the dancing. What a foolish thing to say, at least when viewed from a conventional modern lens, for as we all know, the darkness is dark. And the light is the light. The latter is to be sought and the former avoided. And even God, it seems, would agree. For as it says in Genesis 1-4, God saw the light that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And yet today God tells his children something that I have told my own children countless times, that there is no reason to be afraid of the dark. You see, Ash Wednesday is about finding courage to enter the darkness, to stay there if only for a day, and to find in that darkness the key to our salvation, the key to our healing, the key to our peace. This is not the day to turn on the lights, but as the prayer book tells us, we are to lament our sins, acknowledge our wretchedness, and embrace our mortality. I acknowledge how unpalatable it all seems and how undesirable this talk of sin and death, and we rightly wonder, is it necessary? I want to see myself as strong capable, healthy, and resourceful. How unpleasant to be told that I am dust and to be reminded that I will die and that there is nothing that I can do to save myself. Not to mention insensitive. I mean, why would anyone say such a thing right now? For a year, we have been absorbed in darkness, hundreds of thousands of deaths, political instability, loneliness, anger, fear. We are all understandably looking for the light. And so how insensitive it can feel to shove our face in this truth, the truth of our sin, the truth of our mortality, the truth of our wretchedness, what could be more cruel? But in truth, it is not cruel at all. What is cruel is to offer candy when what we need is a nourishing meal. It is cruel to relieve symptoms when what we need is true healing. And when it comes to that nourishing healing for which our soul longs, Ash Wednesday tells us where we must look, the darkness. 
There's an old joke about a police officer who sees a drunk man searching for something under a street light. He asks the drunk man what it is that he has lost. I've lost my keys, said the man, and so together they look under the street light. After a few minutes, the policeman asked the man, are you sure that you lost the keys here? To which the man replies, no, I actually lost my keys over there in the park. And so in reply, the policeman asks, so why are you searching here? The drunk replies, because this is where the light is. This story makes me wonder, have we forgotten where God is to be found? In Genesis 15, 12, we're told, and I quote, that a deep sleep fell upon Abram and that a deep and terrifying darkness descended upon him. Likewise, the book of Exodus tells us of Moses' encounter with God on Mount Sinai. In chapter 20, verse 21, we're told The people remained at a distance while Moses approached the thick darkness where God was. Commenting on this passage, 4th century bishop and theologian Gregory of Nyssa called this the dazzling darkness of God. Last but not least, when Jesus hung on the cross offering his life for yours, securing the salvation of your soul at his finest hour. What are we told in the gospel of Mark? That darkness covered the whole land. And so let us not be quick to flee this darkness, because there is a temptation in modern day Christianity to look for God only where the light shines in peaceful mental states, in economic prosperity, in peak physical health, in life circumstances that align with our wishes and preferences. But today we are haunted by a question. Is the key to our salvation really to be found there? Or is that just where we've all been conditioned to look? Today the church asks us, to look for God, to look for grace, to look for healing where none of us want to look. In the darkness of our sin, the darkness of our mortality, and in the darkness of our need, our need for grace and our need for forgiveness and our need for God to raise us from the dead. And please do not think that what we are asked to do is negative or hard. No, what's hard, what's impossible even, is to live our whole life looking for keys in convenient places, even though the keys are not to be found there. That is hard, spending our life searching for something in the wrong place. Entering the darkness takes courage, but in truth, There is nothing hard about it at all, at least not in the sense that it requires any effort. And this we know from our experience. For instance, if we go outdoors on a bright, sunny day and then enter into a very dark room, at first we can hardly see a thing. But as time goes by, 
if we just sit there, we gradually become able to see the contents of the room. This phenomenon is known as dark adaptation. We don't try to see in the darkness. There is no conscious effort involved at all. We just sit there, and in time our eyes adjust, and we find that we can see. And I would submit that something very similar happens when we enter into the spiritual darkness that is Ash Wednesday. Initially, we see nothing but the darkness of our sin and death, not to mention the darkness of our own vulnerability. This is not a room in which we wish to linger for very long. But if we have courage to sit, in time the eyes of our soul do adapt and we see mercy, grace, forgiveness, our shared humanity, and the utter futility of any life goal that does not have the glory of God as its guiding principle. So the darkness shall be the light, and the stillness the dancing, and the dazzling darkness of God still dances. It is not static, but it is pregnant. It's pregnant with life pregnant with love, pregnant with salvation. For yes, we are dust. But the good news of the Christian gospel is that God loves dust and that he died for dust and that God will raise dust from the dead and recreate us eternally until we are completely restored, completely healed, and completely at peace. For as it says in 1 John chapter 3, Beloved, we are God's children now. What we will be has not yet been revealed. But what we do know is this. When he is revealed, we will be like him. For we will see him as he is. In other words, a day will come when God divides the light from the darkness once and for all. But in the meantime, we are invited to be fools and to make friends with the dark and to let the eyes of our soul adjust until we discover the key to our salvation hidden in that darkness. And what do we find there? We find a God who forgives all our sins and redeems our life from the grave and who satisfies us with good things. For as the psalmist says, the Lord is full of compassion and mercy. As far as the east is from the west, so far has God removed our sins from us. As a father cares for his children, so too does the Lord care for those who fear him. And as all fathers say to their children, so God the Father says to his, do not be afraid of the dark, but rather sit still. Let your eyes adjust. Now is the acceptable time. Now is the day of salvation, a day to have nothing and find that we possess everything. The keys are present right now and right here. 
For as it says in Psalm 139, even the darkness will not be dark to you, O God. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. And so, the darkness shall be the light, and the stillness the dancing. Amen.